everybody. Welcome to today's internal podcast. Today's internal podcast is a little bit different because we have Miss Nikki in the studio today. Hey. Alex is slacking and decided to take a week off. Uh, shame on him. Come on. Uh, who needs that? We have a unlimited PTO policy, but I was hoping no but one would actually use it and just work 52 weeks of the year. Every week. I'm, that's a joke. Trick. <laughs> Trick. We're t- we even, we've explored briefly mandatory mandatory pto yeah Mm -hmm. like making a minimum amount of days because i feel like people it's intimidating to have unlimited pto and like yes we've we've learned that people are intimidated by it and kind of need like some sort of minimum i feel like well and some people some people are like this is great and they use it all the time and other people feel guilty about it it's it's different for everybody and i didn't even know that there could be a negative to it until i read about that in a book and thought Oh, that's not how I think, but I can see the downside here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm glad that we're working towards like setting a minimum standard, at least for that, yeah. so that people that are intimidated by it. How long have you been here now? Um, I started January 17th officially. January 17th, and it's April. So you've been here three months. Yep, three 90 months. day. Yeah, hit my. This 90 is days. actually a surprise. Your 90 day review. Oh, great, perfect. <laughs> I love it. Let's go. Uh, um, what <laughs> have you What have you been working on lately? Um, oh, that's such a broad question. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are implementing performance management. Um, it'll go company wide May 16th. That's so huge. that's huge for yeah. culture and feedback and just <clears throat> developing three X people. Yeah. Um, that really ties in strongly to that value. Um, so super excited to roll that out. We've got training with first level managers on Thursday and Monday and then the following week we have the rollout to the rest of the team Cool. and then it goes out um we're working on the build with blueprint which is our version of a handbook mm-hmm. just some like legality stuff and some guidelines to utilize as we continue to grow and and grow our culture just sure. to protect us as a company and you and everybody else sure yeah I I'm super excited about performance management because that's something we've done terribly in yeah. our existence. Well, and by terribly, like we haven't really it done it. It doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we've gotten, I feel like we've gotten really good at recruiting mm-hmm. and we have data to prove that this yes. year from a recruiting standpoint. Killed we, it. We've done okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we're, we're good there. People get in the door from an ongoing develop, retain. Yes give feedback that kind of standpoint not very good not very good but fortunately we have you to (laughs) help us with that yes because that's i know that's been a big uh big complaint and we're trying to do something about it i think both of us you and i were both pretty passionate about it too like from the get-go this is something we needed like yeah before i even started it was brought up so i'm happy to to get to be part of it and help roll it out and continue to develop 3x people on our team. Yeah, it's a starts with onboarding and keeps on going now. That's it. Yeah, I and and even onboarding is great too. Oh yeah, my gosh, so, yes. so recruiting onboarding's fantastic, and then it just There's, you're you're yeah. in the deep end after that, and yeah. good luck. But <laughs> we're trying to make it less. We're gonna make like it better. That. Yep. So it'll go out semi annually. There will be a thirty to 90 day review for new hires um, that will just kind of help like give initial feedback. And then after that, they'll be on the same schedule as the rest of the team. It'll go out semi-annually. So once in May and then once in early December to the entire team. Um, And there's a self-assessment and a manager's assessment portion, which is great. Good. So. Yeah. And hopefully we can use this to just 
have it twice a year at minimum, mm-hmm. but start to build it into our culture of more regular yes. feedback conversations, right. performance conversations. We talked, you know, raises, for example, mm-hmm. uh, well, uh, you know, we need a structure, but we don't want to limit it to just twice a year. So right. we don't want that to be the triggering event. There's, there's a lot to think about there, but we want to just build it into our culture so that these conversations, sure, we have this predetermined twice a year checkpoint but i should be talking to you regularly if 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 we work together and we can give each other feedback more frequently absolutely and it's all implemented into an existing system which makes it even easier for everybody so yes yeah Yeah. i appreciate systems more and more i was just i was in a presentation with ashley um talking about the sales process that she she puts together (laughs) and she was talking about how she uses hubspot to have all these sales conversations my investment my path towards getting investors, mm-hmm. it's a sales process. That's all right. it is. And I'm doing it in this janky ass spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't even make. Dan made it. <laughs> and I'm just trying to make it work for me. Oh, Dan. And, and she's going over all the features of HubSpot and this and that. I'm like, wow, this is way nicer than my spreadsheet. <laughs> Why didn't we think of this? <laughs> maybe we should have used a system for something very important like investment. But maybe. Here we are. You live and you learn. Uh, I don't know if I learn, but I've certainly been living. You live. Uh, what have you enjoyed most about your 90 plus days here so far? Um, oh, oh, getting to just getting to know the team. Like I obviously was familiar with several people on the team before joining full time with Build It, but getting to run onboarding mm-hmm. um, has been incredible. Yeah. In my opinion, I just get to be the first face after they're fully on on our team that that gets to meet them and I get to learn about each of them and I feel like especially now as we've had so many teams recently come into Nashville and into our office like I know exactly who is here just by looking at their face because I got to meet them initially mm-hmm. and um my title is it, it of people and I am so a people person yeah. I thrive on it and so <clears throat> it's my favorite part for sure, sure. Yeah, and uh, I guess Harrison was Nikki your first first person you met at Buildment. Yeah, wow. yeah, I sure was. Amazing. Going going on to the people the people subject. I I was talking to Randy Blunt this morning because I'm trying Me to <laughs> imagine that. Um, I'm trying to dial in our messaging from an investment standpoint, and he was our first investor. And yeah. so I asked Randy, Randy, why did you why did you invest? Why did you make that decision in the beginning? And I should have asked him that months ago, but here I am. And and I, I, I knew, but I just wanted to hear it from him directly Absolutely. as I'm in this process. And he said it was two two main things. It was our position in the market is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. The industry needs to change. He knows it. He's been in the industry almost his entire life. Yeah. He sees where it needs to go. Someone needs to do it. And he sees, wow, BuildWit, no one is positioned as well as BuildWit to go create this change. Right. Two, the group of people that we have mm-hmm. is, is a really special group of people. We're not here to go claim all the credit for ourselves. We're not changing, you know, making the dirt world a better place for the sake of build wit. Right. We're, we're not all about, you know, just meet our profitability goals and that's it and do whatever you need to do. And the dirt world is just the conveniently the place to make money. And that's why we're here. It's, it's just a really good group of people here for the right reasons. Right. And, um, it's, it's, he was explaining that to me. I'm like, yeah, that's, 
That's it. We're That's positioned it. really yeah. well, and we have the human beings, the human capital to go pull this thing off. Right. I think it makes a huge difference. Just, um, And I like how each team, I really feel like I see now how each team like interacts with each other and how it comes full circle. It's just an incredible thing to get to view from my perspective of being over all of the people and not just one specific team, like watching everybody interact and figure out how the puzzle pieces all fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes a huge difference for me coming from the dirt world, like knowing the difference that BuildWit makes um, because I've witnessed it. And so just watching the behind the scenes version for me now is incredible. Does everybody know your story? Do you talk about that in onboarding or not? Um, really? In onboarding, it's in my like welcome. Okay. So my good. welcome session. So most everybody of, knows. Yeah. How how I got here. <laughs> what, um, since you worked with us before and now you work here, uh, did anything surprise you? I don't think so. I feel like even as a partner, you and Dan were always super transparent. Yeah. Um, And I got to like, I got to work with you guys in the early days when it was just like literally on the team. Way it was back. you, Dan um chell angel and chase like Mm -hmm. that was the group that i got to the pleasure of like getting to work with so i don't know that anything really surprised me um per se because i felt like i had a pretty good sense of it already sure just because you guys have always been super transparent yeah which is something i've always appreciated on my end because i was the only one really on my team that dealt with you guys Mm -hmm. consistently i mean ryan would pop in every once in a while but i feel like i mean transparency wins is a big deal but it's really largely why we're still in business yeah because <laughs> it's it's got us we've screwed a lot of things up and it's got us a lot of grace yeah and that's what i've been telling the especially as we go to market with a new software product we've yeah. never gone to market with a software product before nope and i keep i keep telling and reminding the customer success team the marketing team the product team basically every team can learn from this and it's that use you know just be transparent about how we screw up and bring people along right the ride. it's yeah. we're, we're not this is not going to be a perfect product we're not going to hit it out of the park day one right. we're going to have a lot of problems we're going we're to need to figure out together but we're in this together so let's go do this together and if you set that expectation people are people, people are along for the ride right they, they give you they give you grace yeah and yeah. i something i always appreciated <clears throat> like if something happened or whatever it was one of you were um, immediately there you were immediately jumping in and saying hey like we messed this up let us fix it like what can we do better which i always appreciate too yeah Yeah. is feedback and being able to provide feedback yeah all right well do we have some questions we do we have a couple okay first time doing this do we say who asked the question or Uh, do i read it yeah if yeah if he if he wrote who who said it then okay yeah so our first question is from connor one of the big attractions and how we work so well with people is how we have former Dirt World people, Chell and Eric, for example, and how they speak the same language and share the excitement with the people we do projects for. We're able to produce higher quality outputs because of the commonality. I understand we are not the Dirt World and we need to admit our ignorance, but how do we display to the Dirt World that unique feature and value proposition with transparency and humility? Whoa, that was a lot. That's a very com- that's a very, that's a very high, complex question, high, high Connor. Level, high level question. Yeah. I don't think I'm smart enough to answer this one. <laughs> that's um that's a really good point. Yeah. So I I um it's a dichotomy here. One, yeah, we're not the dirt world, so we don't right we don't own. I, I know we have a skid steer, but we don't own any equipment. <laughs> we don't do you know we don't bill for any work. We don't go build things. Right. And saying that 
disarms the dirt world. It's really important because then that allows them to invite us in. If mm -hmm. we were all about, you know, look at us, so on and so forth, all build what's the coolest, the companies wouldn't respond very well to that. So there's the balance of that, but then also you need to sprinkle in the credibility piece. Yeah. And that is, yeah, we do have a Jay Collip and an Eric Jumper and even somebody like Eric Jumper getting in a dozer on a job site, mm -hmm. just immediate credibility. Oh, instantly. Or even just looking the part. I've had to talk to a lot of new people like, hey, I know those are the pants you wear typically, but it's just get yourself a pair of blue <laughs> jeans because get a because, regular pair of Wranglers. And it's it's not about it's not about you and I. It's about how other people perceive build yeah. with you and you just you want to be a part of the team, the culture, the job set. You want yep. to look the part. Um, so I think that's a great question and something we've had to balance. I've had to balance since day one. It's mm -hmm. I, you know, admit my ignorance. Hey, I'm 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 I don't know everything. I'm not an expert. But then also I've had to somewhat flex my credibility here or there when it's like, hey, I've been to more job sites than just about anyone in the United States right now. Absolutely. And hey, I yeah, I, I have worked for five companies and someone the other day, you should start out as a laborer before you talk about anything. I'm like, dude, I did start as a laborer. Yeah, I've been there, done that. <laughs> I started in the ditch <laughs> with a shovel. I don't just, that wasn't, uh, it's not something I just say, and it wasn't a day. I, you know, yeah. I, I worked in the industry, yeah, in 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 uh in the ditch in the middle of summer. So we we've been there in Arizona. Yeah. So I think it's, yeah. So I think it's uh it's a nonstop balance, and also balancing. There's always been this push and pull between dirt world people and not dirt world people, mm -hmm. and a majority of our business is not dirt world people, right. Um, but those are really valuable skills that the dirt world needs. Like a Chase Harris, he's not an expert on the dirt world, right? but he's an expert on how to brand a dirt world company to attract the next generation. An which expert, is, for sure. And that the dirt world needs that. Needs that. So yeah, he's not the expert, but if he comes in with the humility, hey, I'm not the dirt world, but I've worked with a lot of companies now and I know how to position you guys. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I think... Um, f fun little fact here is that Connor has one of our attributes in his question. Did you notice that? Uh, humility. Humility. Look at that. And we'll be talking about attributes. We will soon. I just have it stuck out to me as soon as I said it. I was like, look at that. It's it's a I mean it's a it's a value. It's a core attribute that yep. we've worked into the hiring process now. Yep, absolutely. I mean, before someone comes in the door, we're evaluating them on humility. On humility specifically, for sure. Um, ready for the next one. Yeah, I, that wasn't a very good answer to that one, but it was a hard it was, question. It was a hard question. Throw me a softball every once in a while. Good grief. Way to go, Connor. Um, so our next question is from Isaac. What takeaways do you have from Great by Choice? How do you see it applying to how we make decisions here at BuildWit? I would need to literally go get the book. That's, <laughs> I, I just read it, but that's quite a few books back now. <laughs> yeah. How many books have you read since that? Uh, it's quite a few. And I actually, so when I read... I underline, I take notes, I dog ear. Right. And then I'll, I'll write in the covers. I kind of just do, it's just total chaos. And then I'll take the book when I'm done with it and I'll put my notes into a Google Doc right now. Mm -hmm. So I'll have everything and so I can go back and reference it. So if uh -huh. I had that Google Doc, I could tell you, you all could, about You could that answer kind of this question. <laughs> but I think Great by Choice is the one with, it's like productive paranoia and there's a few concepts in there. All of Jim Collins blends together. So I'm trying yeah. to think of what book, because he has a few good ones. <laughs> Which um, I'm sure you've read all of. 
Yes, I have. And Randy's a big fan of Jim Collins. One of the big things that stuck out with um, that I've been talking with about investment and is driving investment is that I think there's an economic window that's closing. Mm-hmm. And at least I I get to talk to a lot of very successful, wealthy people. Yeah. They are all uneasy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they all are looking at the world and are thinking this just does not add up. Right. And I don't know what doesn't add up here. So they don't claim they have humility. They wouldn't be there without humility. So they don't claim that I know exactly what doesn't add up here. They just don't know. They just know something doesn't add up. Yeah, it doesn't make sense somewhere. No. And there's a lot of unease. And I think we've been fooled coming out of COVID thinking into thinking our economy is healthy. But it's not healthy at all. Mm-mm. We just we we two years of crushing businesses, crushing the middle class. There a lot of a lot just got obliterated and all of this growth that's somewhat been stimulated by the government has hidden I think a lot of the problems. Oh yeah. So there's an economic window closing and I want to make sure our business is in a pow- a powerful place going into economic uncertainty so mm-hmm. that when we come out of that economic uncertainty we're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. We're and we're not we're not limping through it. We're we're in a point of of strength going into it, coming out of it, and then we're ready to deliver. The the thing is, so what happened and why I'm telling this this backstory is Southwest Airlines Ugh. the <laughs> the struggle. <laughs> yeah. The the airline industry got deregulated. So there were there were a lot of regulations. Government said, you know what, you guys go have at it. And all of the airlines panicked. Right. Because they thought Everything had changed, mm-hmm. everything. And so they went through and they changed their business models and, and everything. They changed everything because everything had changed. But one airline, Southwest Airlines, they asked themselves, does this actually change the fundamentals of our business? Does this, does this mean we need to react in any way whatsoever? Right. The answer was no. It didn't actually change the fundamentals of their business. Mm-mm. So, and that's to say with, with BuildWit, does, so the problem we're attacking, we're making the dirt world a better place. How do we do that? We're going to solve this people problem. Mm-hmm. We're going to help the industry attract, retain, train, inspire, everything they need to do for people. That's the big problem right now. Right. The only way that problem goes away is if you reduce demand. The only way to reduce demand is to uh, take a hammer to the economy, which could yeah. happen. Which could happen, yeah. That said, does that change the fundamentals? Does that change... Uh, the amount of retirements, the average age in the industry, the ne- the need for infrastructure long term. Does that change anything we're actually trying to address here? No. No, it doesn't. It's a temporary reduction in demand, but long term, it's going to be even more demand. Right. It's going to be what just happened to the airlines. Going back to the airlines, in 2020, the airlines go force most of their older pilots into retirement because demand fell through the mm-hmm. floor. And then demand has roared back. And now now there's not enough. No. And flights are getting canceled left and right every yeah. single day of the week because yeah. of it. That's exactly what's going to happen to the construction industry. Mm-hmm. So rather than talk about the whole book, that was one concept that really stuck out to me was we are on to a big problem that even in a recession period of economic unrest, it doesn't change the fundamentals of our business. Right. And the, the the need for what we're providing the market is not changing anytime soon. Nope. We get to keep trucking along and do the same thing. That's it. Yep. And That's it. Come out 
ready to go, like you said, rock and roll on the other side. Well, that and that'll be the real period of growth, I think, is right. because contractors, they're going to go lay the people, lay these people off. These people are going to disappear forever. Demand's going to come back and they're going to have even worse of a problem than they do today. Absolutely. I've been a part of it, the hiring in the industry. And so I know, I know the struggle there for sure. You've, you've hired a lot of people in the industry. I've, I've hired a lot. A lot more than I have. From 16 to 400 and right at 400 at one point. So did everybody go through you? Do you do a lot of the hiring? Yeah. Yep. When Knoxville came on board, Gary had a backlog of like people and, and brought a good amount of his people with him. So I didn't technically have to do much on his side, but anybody that came through Nashville or Huntsville went with me, came through me. Crazy. I know. Crazy. So you, I mean, if they had 300, you know, a few hundred people, you've, you've talked to a lot, a lot more a than lot that. A lot of people. We joke that like in the beginning stages, we would call in like 15 people because only like three would show up and then only one would make it through like background and drug screen. Mm -hmm. So in order to hire one, you would have to go through 15 people until we got a reputation and we got up and running. And then it's all word of mouth. But until then, like it was a lot. It was hard to get people on board. Once we got them, they stayed. But yeah. just getting to that point. Yeah. So you're saying the struggle is real for contractors. It's real. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. No matter, I don't think it matters like where you are in, in the U.S. at this point. Like, No, it's across the board. It's across the board. Yeah, and I, I've been telling everybody that because we're in a unique position where we get to see the industry mm -hmm. across the board. Most contractors, I was talking to one, the very dominant one in, in Southern Utah, and he was like, I don't, I don't know what contractors do outside of this area. Yeah. I know everybody and everything in this area outside of this. Not a clue. Right. So I don't even know if anybody else has this problem, but I have this problem. And yeah. I'm just sitting there like, everybody has this, everybody, everybody, That was brought everybody. up at Roundtable mm -hmm. on day two of like one of the biggest takeaways from Roundtable is that it brings several contractors from across the United States together and lets them play off of each other and ask each other questions about their region. Yeah. And not just central to, like you said, one state where they only know what's happening around them. Um, that was one of like the biggest takeaways that we got out of the debrief at Roundtable was the camaraderie of just like bringing people from all over. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's um, and we're only going to be magnifying that with, you know, we're developing the social platform. That's all we're doing is connecting the industry, it's great. training, showing people what other people do across the country. Services. A lot of services is going to be bringing people together. Dirt World yeah. Headquarters. Physically bring people together. Physically, yeah. It's all, everything we're doing, we're creating businesses that are addressing the people problem. And a lot of it is by bringing people together, sharing information, teaching. It's simple, simple stuff. But simple. It's, it's never been there. No, never. And being, us being able to do that is a highlight for sure. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you stopping by, Nikki. Well, thank um, you. Do you have anything else to add today on the internal no, podcast? I don't, I don't think so. Would you like to say anything else to the uh, the build it team? The build it team. Five people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> I love our whole team. Hopefully, more than five people listen. Uh, surely, more than five people. I hope so. I hope so. I think we're. I think we we successfully did it without Alex. Uh, well, that's to be determined. What, to be de well, no pressure here. So. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I right, just everybody. called you out. 
Um, well, if you have more questions, send them over to alex at buildlet.com or thoughts, anything you'd like to hear from us, ways we could do the internal podcast better. We're looking to make this thing as good as possible for everybody's benefits. So we'd love to hear from you. And with that, we'll see you on the next episode. Stay dirty, everybody. Bye. Thank you.